Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to another edition of After Hours with Defoe and Luby, Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby, Lubitz on the Believe Network. And it's interesting, very quiet time around the <laughs> National Football League. You know, you had the combine. A lot of people consider that to be a meaningless statistical snooze. We don't care if, uh, you know, certain people have small hands or other appendages that might be uh, a little bit, uh, say, uh, undernourished and unfulfilled. <laughs> Um, you know, it doesn't really matter to me. Uh, you you want to know if a guy can play, and a lot of people just ignore this. We haven't been seeing too much of Mel Kuyper lately on ESPN. Usually uh, he, he would be uh, getting a hit every 15 seconds with McShay arguing about who's going to be the number one pick. It doesn't seem to be creating that big of a buzz, uh, the draft. So I, I don't know what NFL writers are talking about <laughs> these days, uh, Mike Luby-Lewitz. And, and I, I guess we'll get to the bottom of that as we welcome one of the most prolific uh, NFL uh, insiders and insightful as well uh, to the program, one of our favorites, now an iconic author and screenwriter. Filmmaker, ah, he may even be starring in this thing. We welcome uh, Jason Cole, uh, one of our, uh, as I, I said, uh, top, top uh, notch uh, insiders when it comes to the NFL to the program. Uh, Jason, how are you, my friend? I'm good, although I don't think that just writing a screenplay qualifies as a screenwriter. <laughs> actually, I think I have well, I mean, it does, it does. In it's impressive, it right? I never wrote anything over four pages, my friend. Well, the film has to be made. Okay. <laughs> well, there's there is there's a calling for radio, so there you go. Yeah, it helped a little bit to have a little bit of a writing background. I, I would say, you know, it definitely was an advantage here uh, over yeah. some. But uh, all right, uh, let, let's start uh, with the blockbuster deal that uh, is about to take place. I guess it's not totally consummated yet. But uh, it seems like it's a mere formality. Uh, and, and people thought all along that Aaron Rodgers, I don't know if you were among them, but was a likely guy to be the next Denver quarterback since he supposedly was so upset uh, with the Green Bay Packers. They, they seem to have patched things up famously to the tune of like $50 million a year and uh, making the moves that, that you would think Rodgers would be uh, giving the thumbs up to. Uh, what did you make of this whole Russell Wilson thing? I mean, uh, it, it seemed like that transpired kind of quickly, but. Was that something that, that was uh, in the works for, for more than a few days? Well, yeah. I mean, as soon as you knew that Seattle was legitimately listening to offers, which was you know the indication with the Washington offer the week before, you wonder what was going to happen. And I think Denver had to be in position to make another deal, assuming that – you know, depending on what Rodgers was going to do. If Rodgers changed his mind and said, now I'm going to leave and I'm going to go to Denver instead, then they make that deal with Green Bay. Once Rodgers says, I'm going to go back, which, you know, some some people I know thought was the most logical option given what was going on. But you still had to wait to find out what was Rodgers going to finally decide, right? Once he finally decides to go back to Green Bay, okay, now we got to go to plan B. You know you don't have a good enough quarterback. You know that your division is loaded with Mahomes, Herbert, and uh, even Derek Carr. You're not even close to competing with those guys, but you have offensive weapons, uh, you know, with Jerry Judy and Portland Sutton and Tim Patrick and, 
you know, Javante Williams, you know, you, you know, you have the weapons to compete. You know, you're a quarterback away from competing. You have to push all in. I mean, otherwise you're going to waste the years with that collection of talent. Now I, I was a little curious about them giving up Noah fans, yep, but they've yep. got a decent backup tight end. Um, I just thought that if you, you, you want to load up at every offensive position, if you're bringing in Russell Wilson and to give up Fant was, yeah, it's not a deal breaker, obviously. It's just kind of curious, but, but yeah, this is the cost of going and getting a quarterback. I thought it would be three first round picks, but two seconds is awful close. And I see what Seattle's trying to do. It's really, it's clever because they're loading up on draft picks in 2023. I expect them to try and trade out of that number nine spot. Uh, <clears throat> Unless you know, say Javante Williams is available, but or Javante Javante Javon Walker, I'm sorry. Um, if that kid's available, then you draft him. But otherwise, I think they're going to trade back out and go to 2023 because the quarterbacks in 2023 are are really pretty stellar. You know, the the two kids, the one from Ohio State, Stroud. Yeah, and obviously Bryce Young. Those two kids are going to be at the top of the draft. They they would be at the top of the draft if they came out of this year. We had the image uh, that those uh, meetings and conversations between Aaron Rodgers and uh, the brass of the Green Bay Packers, uh, whatever conversations, if any, took place, uh, kind of looked like a luncheon on the Housewives at Beverly Hills <laughs> where they get into a food fight at like the, the Beverly Hilton in the little courtyard there. Uh, you know, how did this smooth itself over? Uh, was it just money? I mean, uh, all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers is uh, thrilled to return to the Green Bay Packers and, and they're revolutionizing uh, the way that quarterbacks will be paid and, and they – put the tag on Devontae Adams. So, uh, you know, that they got him uh, his number one receiver. They were a great tandem among the leaders all time in terms of touchdown passes uh, completed, quarterback to wide receiver. Uh, how did that smooth itself over? I mean, uh, what, what were the elements that, that were in play there? Well, you know, my image of this is more like the Packers are kind of doing like Ozzy and Harriet. And... <laughs> and Rogers, it's like a mashup of Ozzy and Harriet, and and Rogers is like Eric Zoolander, um, <laughs> you know, doing like that kind of cleanse thing, and you know, like uh, you know, doing sort of this Eastern mystic religion stuff, kind of stuff, and you know, they they sort of meet, and Ozzy and Harriet have no idea how to handle Eric Zoolander, and that's basically <laughs> what happened, and Eric Zoolander runs over the top of them because his character is so out of left field for them that they just don't know what to do. Like they're lost, completely lost. Wow. And that's really what Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst were. They were completely lost on this one on how to handle Rogers because they never took a stand earlier. Now, if they took a, taken a stand against him, he would have said, I'm out of here. So there was risk for that, but this was not their plan. <laughs> like, their plan was that Jordan Love was supposed to be the guy and that they'd move on from this kind of mess. Instead, it went completely the other direction where Rodgers runs that team now. Yeah. Right? I mean, yes. He, 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 this is, he's the alpha male in that relationship. And the other really interesting twist is that this became about power, not about winning, right? 
like for years and years and years, Rogers has been, you know, angry with Mike McCarthy who got fired, you know, for not win because they didn't win, right? They didn't win another championship and his career was all wasted. Now all of a sudden he's playing well individually, but the team comes up short. And the last two years, they came up short specifically because Matt LaFleur was not good enough in pressure situations. And so you thought the thinking for Rodgers was, I want to like make the best of the last couple of years in the league and actually win the championship. What it morphed into is, no, I want all the power in this relationship. And so now, which is, which is you know, uh, power can you know take the, get the best of people right now Rogers has to face a situation where it's all on him you know it, it's it's your deal dude you decided to pick this course you didn't go to somebody else you picked this course you are casting your lot with a couple of guys who a one was trying to undermine you and pick your successor a couple of years ago and the other one b Lafleur doesn't know how to coach his way out of a paper bag in big games. Right. <laughs> so, so you, you got a problem. Okay. You better be as great as it possibly can. And we're talking with Jason Cole here after hours with Defund Luby on the Believe Podcast Network. Follow him on Twitter at Jason Cole 62, NFL insider, author of LA Relentless Life, and some things in the works, we'll say. We'll talk more about that. Jason, you <laughs> talked about the successor. I'll, I'll tame it down for you since we're we're playing it safe, even though we know you're going to be a huge success in that regard as well. Uh, you talked about the successor, Jordan Love. That's sort of what really started the major acrimony between the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. He went on to win back-to-back MVPs. He clearly still has it. They seem to be casting their lot with him. What happens with Love? Because they're saying they're not going to trade him. It seems like you should, but what is the trade value on Jordan Love since we really haven't seen him? Well, I, I, look, I don't know what the view of Jordan Love is. I've, yeah. I've been told the view of Jordan Love by the floor is that he can't play. Oh, wow. And that he he's dis, he has distanced himself from Jordan Love. Oh, jeez. And tried to claim that he's not the one who made the decision to take him. It's Gutekunst who made the decision. I cannot believe that any general manager in the history of the league would take a quarterback in the first round without his coach being on board, right? So, you know, love is – it doesn't appear that there's much interest out there. I have not heard anybody talk about, I want to go get Jordan Love as, as a quarterback, okay? They're all focused on, okay, what's happening with Deshaun Watson – did Garoppolo's surgery go well? Wow, look at Russell Wilson. What else is out there? Because there's not much. But people want experienced quarterbacks. So, yeah, Jordan Love is pretty well down the line, which is not a strong indicator for Jordan Love at this point in time. And probably a big reason why Rodgers got that $50 million. And why, basically, there was a whole lot of sucking up going on. It, <laughs> you know what it is? It's... Ozzy and Harriet meet Zoolander with a lot of, you know, um, a lot of pretty women. With the community. <laughs> yeah. you know, exactly. the exactly. bachelor all over exactly. more, <laughs> more, more, more sucking. More sucking. Yeah. Yeah. 
Jason Cole with us, uh, and uh, always great, uh, his uh, inside information and insights of the NFL. Uh, outstanding. Been doing it for a, a long, long time, variety of places, and uh, always good on his Twitter account as well. Uh, uh, all right. I mean, it seemed inevitable, and uh, I remember the, the shock that uh, what was just uh, shaking the uh, football world in 1963 when Alex Karras and Paul Horning were suspended uh, for mm-hmm. gambling on uh, football games uh, and uh, you know it seemed innocent enough at the time they were knocked out for a year i got to know horning obviously uh, through gambling uh, later on because he was always hanging out at the track and, and he, he was a hell of a guy right i mean uh, and Karras surprisingly uh, you know went on to star in uh, you know these uh, television uh, you know shows drama shows that uh, you know, would have never figured because he was such a fierce a competitor. But uh, anyway, I, I remember uh, that that really shook up uh, all of the people that, that were following football at the time. Mm-hmm. These were two star players. Uh, so Calvin Ridley, now the, the latest story. And I guess there was one other guy, Josh Shaw, got suspended for gambling a couple of years ago. USC. And uh, I think yeah. had to sit out an entire season. But uh, uh, what did you make of this? Because uh, here's Roger Goodell. I mean, it's only a matter of time before you're watching a game on TV, uh, Jason, and the play-by-play guy is going to turn to the color man, let's say it's Iron Eagle, and say to Charles Davis, uh, uh, Charles, what do you think? Uh, they're going to run or pass here? And, and before we uh, get your answer on that, you know, you could bet on that proposition right now on FanDuel. In fact, you have like three seconds oh, sure. before the play is going to you know, be snapped to, well, to make your wager yeah, on whether right. they run or pass. No. So, so where, where does yeah, that stack Michael up in terms of the NFL and gambling and the whole Calvin Ridley thing? Michael does it already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, how Michael says, he talks about the, the, the sure. line. He jokes about it because he knows that it tweaks the NFL a little bit. I, I, sure. It doesn't tweak them as bad anymore, but it tweaks them a little bit. You know, I remember the, the great story about Paul Tagliabue going to Michael's and saying, I don't want you to talk about the point spread at all. And, like, Michael's immediately opened the whole a broadcast was talking about the point spread. Um, <laughs> this kick is going to have a lot of meaning to some people. You know, it's a meaningless extra yeah, point exactly, at the end right. of, uh, you know, what is garbage time in an NFL <laughs> game. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, look, I, I, part of me is sitting here going, yeah, look, Calvin, you're, you are kind of stupid. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because, because you're, this is not one of those things that they're not warned about. If you talk yeah. to any NFL player, by the time you've been through your rookie year, or your, certainly your second year, you've been told about six to eight times in very strong terms, you are not allowed to gamble on, on it. Okay, Is that gamble period, period or just period. on the NFL? Like in no sport, right? On the, yeah. on the NFL. NFL. You're, you're, look, they scare, right, they scare you pretty significantly that you're not supposed to gamble on the NFL. Okay. Right? right? It's not like you're not told, okay? At the same time, if you admit in your, you know, and and I thought it was, you know, the the NFL was over over the top in making sure that they they said this guy did not gamble while he was on the team and active, you know, like, please believe us, you know, that kind of thing, and didn't have any information, we promise. And then the player comes in and shows the stubs that he'd only bet $1,500. While he was yeah. away from the team on FanDuel, which, by the way, is a sponsor of the yeah, NFL. Partner. Thank you. Um, yeah, partner or whatever. Goodell has that but, t- tattooed like on his forehead, I believe. He now has FanDuel like it was a face tattoo, yes, uh, F- like he was Mike Tyson. F- yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's a scarlet letter, FD. Um, so, uh, um, but it's, um, 
Yeah, when you're getting into this, this is the one where you say, you're really going to take a year from a guy's career for this? Or could you just said, look, it's, you know, it's six games, which is still a healthy chunk of change, right? And and an embarrassment to the player and still sent the message to all the rest of the NFL. This guy has gambled on games. He did it away. That's all we can prove, you know, et cetera, et cetera. He was not act. He was not accessing information. He was just doing it for fun, and for fifteen hundred dollars. That to me would send a, a, a you know a still send a very loud message, right? To to the players, to the player himself, to the rest of the NFL, because six games is a lot. This seems like death penalty for a, a parking violation, a little bit. You know the old Steve Martin sure. joke. Um, and, and it is more serious than that. I mean, like, I, I don't want to say that this is not serious. At the same time, it's not what Horning and Karras did. Yep. Horning and Karras were hanging out in bars with gamblers, giving them information and taking and receiving bets. Oh, jeez. And Art Schleister, you know, who Oh, yeah, here's was, another one. He, he yeah, was on the sick side, one. though, of the degenerate chain. <laughs> Oh yeah, he was way deep. Okay, I mean, he, I mean, he, he was like seven hundred thousand know, dollars in yeah. debt. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, and and that was going to destroy the league. They're lucky that they had a player strike that year that distracted people from the fact that oh, by yeah. the way, Arch Schleister is seven hundred thousand dollars in debt, um, and going to prison. Right, that kind of right, thing. Right. So, yeah, those are, that's serious. Okay, to me, this one. While the subject is very serious, and there has to be a clear distinction, it's not the same thing to me. And the fact that they that that Goodell went this far and this heavy-handed um, is a bit much. And I'm surprised that the NFL Players Association hasn't been more up in arms about this in defending the player. But then again, there is part of me that sits here and says. Okay, I don't know. Maybe there's more to this than we that we don't know, um, and that's why there's so much silence from the you know from the the union side, um, and they know that maybe Calvin Ridley's not telling the whole truth. Who knows about that? The other thing about it is this can be a setup for what's going to happen to Stephen Ross if they prove that Stephen Ross told Brian Flores to throw games. Like if they have real proof of that or they fear that there's real proof, if you get rid of Calvin Ridley now, the proof comes out about Stephen Ross, you just immediately say you're gone and he's out. So you've established precedent. Mm -hmm. So that, that could be their thinking on Calvin Ridley. And then they come back later on to Calvin Ridley, you know, months down the line and say, Okay, we got rid of Stephen Ross. We'll peel yours back down to six or eight games. You know, whatever it happens. You know, they can they can be three or four steps ahead on this one. That's that's what could be happening. Very interesting, yeah, because uh, that was the first thing I thought of yeah, when I saw funny. the uh, heaviness of this penalty and suspension, which was indefinite as it was listed, and uh, you know, supposedly going to be uh, for a year. And and you thought, uh, well, geez, I mean, certainly the. Players Association will be screaming and, uh, you know, this guy will appeal. I mean, uh, for sexual assault uh, allegations, guys are getting three games. And, uh, you know, you remember the original oh, thing with Ray Rice was like two games. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, you, you were thinking that this is way over the top. Yeah. 
I'm not saying it's none of these things are equitable. Yeah, yeah. But you do all have you do have to come back and have to say there is nothing that destroys public confidence yeah. in the sport more than gambling. All right, there's you know like you know the Black Sox scandal is still an important event in the history of sports in this country, right? Like that sure. that undermines what you're watching. I mean, you know the WWE. And horse racing in this country, not to not to besmirch one of your favorite sports, <laughs> but well, both it, actually, yeah, you know, like, yeah, I mean, both of those, like, people, you know, a lot of people think that both of them are just carnival in a lot of well, ways. One is, um, <laughs> yeah, one, well, I one probably should have thought that way a long yeah. time ago, you know, and I, I could have saved myself a lot of cash. Uh, Chase. <laughs> yeah, That's you could, sure. and not and not wasted so much of your life at Pimlico. Um, but um, I want to believe the game's on the level, though, and, and you know, you have to. Yes, if you have you to know, or one of those OTBs. <laughs> yeah, or like an OTB at Calder. You know, like uh, oh God, you know. Like, the worst was uh, in Flushing, New York. I, I actually looked at myself and, and I looked around the room there. I'm in this disgusting place uh, where they didn't even have like uh, monitors at that point. You actually just everybody looked up at the ceiling at a speaker, and, and that's how you put the simulcast racing. And I looked around the room, uh, and uh, I just uh, said, "You know what? I'm one of these guys." <laughs> <laughs> and it was yeah. an epiphany, Jason. Oh, yeah. I mean, I realized yeah. uh, it, it was it, not a pretty or flattering picture. Right, it's, you're not looking around going, man. These people are just weird. It's like, oh no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm with. I'm them. one of them. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm one of them. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, I mean, like, do you suspect it, that? It's, like it's interesting because yeah. No, I thought it the thing right Seminole away. I mean, <laughs> that that I mean, if they're going to come down on this guy this harshly, then uh, Stephen Ross is Gonzo City for yeah, sure. If, if these allegations even yep. have a shred of evidence uh, to them that uh, he was, you know, essentially trying to fix games. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Stephen Ross is in a lot of trouble if there's any shred of evidence. Wow. If there's any, like, if there's, I mean, he's gone. And he has to be. Yeah. I, I mean, look, the, the, if you can't trust the product, and I'm not just talking about gambling, okay? Like, and but that's important, especially if you're going to do business with what? seven different casino operations you're partnered with. Yeah. I mean, every other you know, Super Bowl like that, commercial, that, that's, that's somebody thing. telling you to bet a parlay, including Archie Manning. They dug him up. Uh, yeah. yeah. They sell the notion right. that you should yeah, be betting these games. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're going to be in partnership with this, then yes, this is important. You know, the integrity of the game is important from that perspective, but just like, you know, what are you selling to the public? What are you, what are you, you know, what are you putting out there to the public and how can you charge the kind of prices you charge if you're basically, you know, right there with the WWE in terms of fixing the result, you know, that, that, that perception, I'm not saying it's reality because I, you know, the people who go, Oh, it's everything that's fixed. Come on. Mm. You, you don't really understand how this works. Okay. Um, but you know, the, you, you can't have that become pervasive. You can't have that go from lunatic fringe to, okay, that's, this is what we truly believe um, in this country, right? That the game is fixed and it's not real or that everybody's gambling on it and they're throwing games left and right or whatever they're doing, right? 
you just cannot have that associated with the product um, and expect them to remain on top. So, yeah, 100%. Um, this is, you know, this is the most important. It's, yes, it is more important than domestic violence um, in terms of its impact on the league and the product. And I know that people have a hard time understanding that, but that is true. And so it has to be taken very, very seriously, whether it's a player or whether it's an owner. I just thought in Calvin Ridley's case, this is not exactly the same thing as previous instances. Like when you talk about Karis or Horning, who were actually involved with gamblers directly, or Art Schleister, who was you know weighing over his head. This guy was sitting on it with an app on his phone, putting down fifteen hundred bucks. You know, yeah. You know, well, while scheduled to make eleven million dollars, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. the coming season, right? Yeah, uh, it's if like, play. yeah, it's like bet, it's like betting fifteen bucks. Like, you know, yeah. just, he was literally just having a little bit of fun. If, in fact, what he is saying is true, and I will take him at his word at the moment, but there may be more to this. I mean, I, I would like to see all the evidence that the NFL had. Well, it seemed like the, the league's position was that he did cooperate with them and that they believed his star in that, uh, unfortunately th- this was a stance they had to take because they, they always whip out the uh, slogan yeah, integrity of the game, which yeah. as you uh, so eloquently stated, I mean, uh, they have to be concerned about that. You, you don't want, don't want to come to the time where you have more faith in the performance of the iron Sheik <laughs> than you do the Miami dolphins, uh, you know, and that would be uh, negative for the national football league and the, Image that everything. Well, that although was, based uh, on, on the Dolphins field. lately, yeah, David Dolphins lately, you might rather have the Iron Sheik. So um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe he could play some O line. I, I mean, say, those pointy shoes maybe. would be enough at the bottom of the pile. He'd be like Conrad Dobler. Uh, Who would you rather uh, have Jason? owning the Dolphins, Stephen Ross or the Iron Sheik? Right now, Iron Sheik. That's <laughs> interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, villainous character out of the WWE. I, at one time, I, I thought Stephen Ross was was the right guy for the job. I really did, and uh, you know that that's proven to be a bit of a calamity. Uh, Jason, uh, and, and you're still hawking the film. I mean, you have a lot of stuff working. Now, what are you working on uh, of late? Michael? I'm. I'm. I'm uh, we we have one producer who wanted to. You know, we're doing a rewrite now. Um, but he's into it, so you know that James oh, Hogue story nice. may may w- one day hit the silver screen or go direct to video. Who knows? Um, yeah. Either way, that would be fun. I uh, and then doing research on another one, and um, and working on a book that we're trying to turn into a uh, like Netflix type series. Oh, so sweet. yes, yeah. a lot of irons in the fire and. A lot of things going, yeah. And, like and still writing yeah, about football. Yeah, I mean, uh, look, just the evolution of an artist, absolutely fantastic. And, uh, you know, it, it's uh, great because uh, soon you're going to have to have Luby contact your people Pretty much. to uh, get you on, on uh, <laughs> our broadcast. So, which, Luby, uh, will all, Luby will always find a way to to to, to get into my Track life. You down. Um, whether I like <laughs> yeah, it or not, I think. He's like Tommy Lee Jones in some <laughs> top movie. I mean, he, he's going to find you, my friend. <laughs> there he is. Uh, I am, yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm being chased around Chicago by <laughs> by Luby at the, the federal Luby building, Lubitz, yes. the hospital. Uh, right, yeah. Uh, podcasts, yeah. Jason, always a pleasure, my friend. Great stuff. Uh, you know, I couldn't be any more insightful on the National Football League and, and the big dealings that are going on and the uh, big crisis now, too, with Ridley. Uh, thanks so much for joining us here on After Hours with Defoe and Luby. It's always a pleasure, my friend. Anytime, guys.
Take care. Right, Bye-bye. All right. Thanks a lot. Jason Cole. I mean, that Ladies sounds like a screenwriter to me. He just named like three different things that I feel like have a good possibility of at least one of them getting onto a screen. So how is that not a screen? I mean, I understand he's being conservative with his thinking, so good for yeah. him. But, I mean, in my world. Well, unlike me, who I already have us, like, on this uh, network syndication, <laughs> even though the guy barely returns back. my calls now three months later <laughs> after saying I was in. Exactly. It's the way it goes in this racket, man. I mean, and you never know. I, I'm walking around very optimistically just based on that last uh, communication I had where the guy said he's just waiting for an answer, a Luby himself. And then, uh, you know, it's a uh, charge ahead, right? We, we go into a whole new realm. But uh, we're happy to be here doing what we're doing, and, and I hope you guys uh, enjoy the show. Uh, tomorrow on our uh, After Hours with Defoe and Luby, Josh Booty joins us. And if you're not familiar with Josh, he was the number five overall pick in the Major League Baseball draft coming out of high school, uh, signed with the Marlins, uh, spent a few years in the minors, like two or three years in the minors, and then came up and actually ended up on the Marlins' 97 World Series championship team. And uh, then uh, seeing that maybe the baseball career wasn't blossoming as quickly as he would like, or maybe it just uh, wasn't exactly something he foresaw himself being great at, he goes back into the college ranks as a quarterback, at LSU and plays for uh, a lot of interesting people, including Nick Saban. Yep. So uh, has a lot of insight. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to Josh Booty tomorrow about a variety of different things, including uh, this app that he has, which, uh, wow, that's a good one, Luby. Uh, you know, you, you got a little drift of it when uh, we were talking about Josh uh, earlier this morning. Yep, yep. And uh, he's, he's going to join us tomorrow. He'll explain everything. He's he going to explain everything. All right, uh, we, we will see you guys uh, tomorrow with Josh Booty. Thanks so much for tuning in. Our thanks to Jason Cole for being a guest here. After Hours with Defoe and Luby. Check out our other work. Uh, we have a live show every morning on the East Coast, uh, which you can catch anywhere in the world uh, now with the new technology. And, of course, uh, you can just uh, pop on the ION channel or Google The Defoe Show, D-E-F-O. Google The Defoe Show, and uh, we always have a lot of fun. On that program, it's uh, kind of a standard, uh, you know, extrapolation of what we were doing on the radio uh, together, Luby and I, for like 11 years here in the South Florida market. But we uh, always uh, were very fortunate to have uh, great contacts and and regular featured people on the program that uh, we really enjoy talking to, much like Jason Cole. And uh, uh, I think we'll get a kick out of that if you're a fan of the uh, Believe podcast after hours here on the Believe Network. Uh, For Mike Luby Lewitz. We'll see you tomorrow with Josh Booty. Uh, thanks so much for uh, downloading, tuning in, in, uh, catching us on our other uh, platforms, including uh, in uh, South Florida is a thing called Five, Five Reasons, Reasons Sports yep. Network. And uh, that, that's really been exploding for us uh, on the local scene uh, here, here where we originate from. But uh, happy to uh, come in touch with you people all over the world uh, on this fine network, uh, Believe Networks. Uh, and uh, thanks so much for being with us here today. From Mike Luby Lubitz, I'm Jeff DeForest, leaving you with our uh, constant theme that we operate under now and that is uh, let's go tug mcgraw you gotta believe hey folks tony segreto here you know since day one catholic health services has been part of old school and since we've started letting people know about them it's changed their lives you see catholic health services while being recognized as one of the top places for stroke rehab in the country it's also about a group of people who not just excel in what they do from the doctors to the nurses to the therapists, on and on and on. It's how they do what they do every single day that separates them from the pack. They do it with a passion, unmatched, and the inclusion of family in every step of the process. Trust me when I tell you this. If you want the best unmatched rehab with a special group of skilled, caring people, 
there is truly only one place, and that one place is Catholic Health Services. These days, we're all looking for comfort anywhere we can find it. Thank goodness for Landlubbers, Raw Bar, and Grill in the plantation location because they are making sure you are as comfortable as possible. First of all, they're not only open for delivery and pickup. All you have to do is go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both pickup and free delivery. Their hours have changed a little bit. Monday through Thursday from 3.30 to 10. And Friday, Saturday, and Sunday from 11.30 to 10. You're going to have the best wings in the world. You're going to have a great burger. You're going to have... They're amazing soups. Again, Landlubbers, Raw Bar, and Grill. It's nice and easy. Just go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both your pickup and free delivery. Thank goodness for Landlubbers for making you always feel right at home. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.